you know, um, action in the world and studying Torah. Is right. it okay if I um, just talk a Launch about right this in. for a minute? Yes, please. Um, and there was, because it was partly Carol you'd been talking about that book you were reading. Mm-hmm. And... Remind me what the name of the book was. It's called um, Audacity. Oh, I know yes, you did. I tried yeah, to send and, you the And thing. I know that we like, we, we, talk, we, we talk a lot, especially in, um, I know in the reform world, that the whole point of studying Torah is to enable you, enable us to act better in the world. Um, and, and also, you know, so that we can go out, when we go out and work, in the world, we do it better if we've studied Torah. So, so that's the point of studying Torah. But actually, um, especially in the context of the um, the Shemitah and the concept of Shabbat, there there seems to be more commentary that says we work in the world in order to study Torah. <laughs> That is our focus. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's that's, a, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's and very I true. Really not a good American. Been, I, I, I'm just mesmerized by that because <laughs> Me too. It's, it feels like a subtle shift and it's not. It's seismic. Well, Linda, can I comment? Yeah. Um, because there are competing aphorisms mm-hmm. in Pirkei Avot. One sure. says, one says, uh, he who's, uh, he who's, and we'll get to it, he whose knowledge is, or whose wisdom is greater than their deeds, what is he like? Like a tree with, like a bush with shallow roots. It's going to get blown over. But he whose deeds are greater than his uh, learning is like someone whose roots strike deep and can't be blown over even by the biggest storm. And, uh, and then there's another aphorism that says, uh, which is greater, study, uh, learning, or action? And the conclusion of that aphorism is, study is greater for it leads to wise action. So it's kind of like, so it's kind of like he who hesitates is lost, and look before you leap. You know, I've always thought about those two as like, they mean exactly the opposite thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But it also says so. the study oh. of the I don't think they're inconsistent. Oh, they're then not. please. Right, right. No. But right. it also says that, that he studies Torah for its own sake, merits a reward in the world to come. Right, but for its own sake means not for personal gain right. usually. Yes. But so Linda, repeat why how you think they might harmonize or or how they make the Um okay, I'm still working on this, you understand. I'm it's it's I'm, I've been trying to write it down and I've realized I can't even say it when I write it down. That's okay. It's to do with a shift in orientation that that what constitutes real freedom and what is the purpose of our work in the world if it's not, if it doesn't have a purpose that is that is greater than ourselves and that is outside of, well, no, inside, outside, where the inside and outside are integrated. 
the kind, and and that it seems to me, especially um, in our lifetimes, that we put a particular gloss on this, which is that if we are not using time, we are wasting it. And if we are not doing something, we are we're not doing anything and or we're not we're not being anything and i'm i'm looking at it you know really in a hugely political context and the sort of thing that in new zealand there's recently been uh legislation has been withdrawn that used to mandate tea breaks for workers um we don't want to stop anymore and if we only see our study as enabling us to do more usefully mm-hmm. instead of seeing our work as being a vehicle to free us to be more whole. Right. Whole. Then that is how we're wasting the world. Look at the waste we create with all our doing. I, I, I'm glad I've got my video turned off. This just, this really affects me deeply. This notion that even our sacred engagement is only so we can go out there and do more stuff. Mm-hmm. Do it better. Instead of saying, uh, what's the, what ultimately, what's Shabbat? It's actually breathing. So, thank you. It, it, is, it is like Shabbat in that we, use, we don't rest on Shabbat so we can work harder during the week. We, the week is to. We work during the week so we can have Shabbat. So it's that same. Our work is for Shabbat. Shabbat is not for our work. Uh-huh. So it's the same with the study. But we don't say that, do we? Um, well, we we do say that because Yom Rishon, Yom Sheni, Yom Shlishi, the days of the week don't even have no- names. They just have numbers that count up to Shabbat. And Shabbat is actually the goal of the week. So, Gail, speak louder. Last time we were, it was hard to hear. Is not the larger goal to make every I can't day... hear you. Oh, you still can't hear? I'm moving, you clo- I'm moving you closer. Is not the larger goal to ultimately make every day Shabbat in the sense of creating the promised land? I mean, are we not supposed to be bringing it back into the world as the primary goal? It's it's a it's a it's an in breath and an out breath. Okay. Well, you need to do the work to get to be able to do it, but oh. but. I, Go ahead, Pauline. I I have two comments about that. <clears throat> Can you hear me? I'm yeah. Practicing projecting. Um, 
So my one comment is that... Um, well, they can hear you in New Zealand. Good. As long as they can hear me in New Zealand. You can turn off the Skype. I know I'll, I'm on top I'll, of it. I'll just turn off the Skype now, and you can <laughs> let... <laughs> Horton, here's a who. Yeah, yeah. here we go. Exactly. Um, so on the basis of study for its own sake, just on a very personal level, for me... I find that um, study, studying Torah for me is different than almost any other enge active, engaged study I'm involved with. Doesn't matter why or what, it just is. And in itself, it's a, for me, a tremendously rewarding, satisfying, invigorating and healing, healing um, mode. So there is something about studying Torah that is different than the things we learn to work. And do I use what I learn in my everyday encounters, both on a personal and professional level? I certainly try. I'm not really great at it, but I try. The other thing I want to say is that, you know, with this, with this immersion in Torah, that one of my earliest fantasies, and continues to be a fantasy, because God forbid I should ever experience that, it'll be a disappointment, is I'm going to go sit in Jerusalem, and I'm going to sit in Jerusalem and study Torah. To me, this is my fantasy. So reality break is the world I live in. Um, and I think about it a lot these days that 68 years old, I've done a tremendous amount with my life and my life's work, and it's been good work, I do believe, and very fulfilling. And yet, I don't know, and I, I think I'm hearing some of what you're saying, Linda, and I look at my many of my friends around me, I'm not talking about anybody in this room, um, <laughs> that are at the age of retirement, retirement, um, whatever that's supposed to mean in today's world, but at least where I am not currently having to work to earn a Parnassa. And I want to continue to do. When I say to do, I mean to take what I have, what I've learned, and to continue to create. And when I give myself time, if it's not Shabbat, it's hard enough on Shabbat to just sit and be, to just lay in the sun, it's like, okay, I did that, you know, I allowed the time for that. That was okay, because it was an hour of my time. I deserved it, I was so busy all day. That's a crazy mindset it seems to me. So maybe somewhere in this book of great sages and wisdom can learn a little different way of being. May I? Please. Uh, because uh, I think, Linda, what I think about the point you're making is that when the, I think when, when Chazal, when the, the sages talk about uh, deeds, they're not talking about all the stuff, all the profane stuff we do, they're talking about mitzvot. You know, they're talking about masim tovim, they're talking about how you, how you take your wisdom and let it inform every action you do so that 
not, not for the sake of action, but for the sake of serving God. Do you know what I mean, Linda? Yeah, and I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying we, we've said something, we've made it into something else. Yes, we certainly have. Yes, we have. Carol, you want to say something? Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, my mother would yell at me, go outside and do something. <laughs> and I would yell back, I am doing something, I'm reading. <laughs> Just do something. No, we did play in New York, but on the street, yeah. Um, But what I what I didn't know then, and what I but what I obviously instinctively knew was that what I was learning from the reading that I and I wasn't reading Torah. I was reading whatever I was reading. But what I was learning about living, about people, about life, about other ways of thinking, about other ways of living, um, something in me must have known that was really important. And, and so I'm, I'm not comfortable with either or, because I think it's circular. It, and and one, one thing does lead to the other, but then also the other leads to the other, and it keeps going around, and sometimes we have to fill up more or we get more emptied of one thing and then we have to fill up more but it keeps it keeps going around in the circle and that circle I think if we really think of it that way or live it that way it doesn't leave room for feeling bad about yourself because you're always Either either on your way or to or on your way from. If we went back to the mission statement of what the covenant is with God, what is what is that? <laughs> the covenant says is to become a uh, nation of Kohanim and a holy people. And and you have been freed from Mitzrayim to serve me. Right, you've been freed from Mitzrayim not to do whatever you want. But to serve me, and you have a new, you instead of the ol, the yoke of slavery, I've broken that yoke, and you have a new yoke, which is the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so I go back to the mission statement. <laughs> good, good, you're a good organizational person. Yes, because I think that's different for every person. There are some doers that are really good at doing and they accomplish their mission, and that mission. And there are others who are great studiers, and that doesn't mean they're not doing, but that's their mission. So all together, hopefully, we're, we're fulfilling. And intention is crucial here. Yes. If we're doing it in order to serve yes. the f- right. one who freed us from slavery. Yes. Right. Yeah. Can I add something? Yes, just speak loud. Yeah, I was um, I was talking about this just before Matthew and I just spent two hours. Oh, talking. lucky you. Oh, right. so, Matthew is the Episcopal priest um, at St. Gregory's. He's 30 years old. He's a marvelous young man. Sweet man. Sweet and brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things we were talking about with each other was that 
in teaching, and I'm, Jonathan, I'm sure you encounter this all the time, people in large part, and this is our culture, are not aware even, they don't even have the question in their mind of who they're serving when they act. And in the new age, and you were were there, we just attended a meeting by somebody Mm -hmm. teaching on spirituality. And in her teaching, she did not very clearly, if at all, distinguish between doing that gives one a great thrill and pleasure. Leap of the heart was the phrase. Right, but she didn't, a what of the heart? A leap of the heart. Yes. She didn't distinguish between a leap of the heart that occurs because one is satisfying one's ego ideal. You know, I said by like buying a two million dollar condo on the Upper East Side, which will give certain people a great leap of the heart. I yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. yeah. We know you read the real estate pages. So it wouldn't be much of a condo. Um, but between a leap of the heart that has to do with ego, <laughs> sorry, serving, sorry. Ser- serving Pharaoh, versus a leap of the heart that has to do with serving uh, Yenei Bape. Uh huh. And in our culture, people don't even know no, how what? to don't even ask that question. And, and even, I have found this in a lot of teaching, people who think they're following God are still completely wrapped up half the time in ego and can't even tell that that's what's driving. They don't even ask well, that question. But that works. But that works for a lot of people. Talk a little louder, Ruth. But, but, it, but, but it leads function. to all sorts of behaviors but, that And nobody be speaks up about it. And nobody speaks up about nobody it. Speaks up nobody about says, it. if you want to say to, to, to the radical right, right, if you want to say that you believe in the Bible, then you need to look at it, right? If you're saying that poor people don't deserve blah, 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 then that's not, then you're, you can say that, but that's not going with the Bible. I, I'm not even nobody going there. Even, even, I'm not going there. But nobody even speaks up. So how how would people know? Nobody even says no 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 no. That's that's off. You're off, right? Nobody even. Well, let's take this into a conversation about attributes. We're trying to speak up. Um. Uh. Because yeah. the if if even if you don't if if you're not serving God per se, mm-hmm. um, if you are serving ideals like honor, duty, mm-hmm. courage. Well, duty can get you, but anyway. Well, but anyway, it's like there's other ways, there's, there's right. other ways of talking. To frame it. To, to frame it. Yeah. You know, Rick Warren, the evangelical yes. minister, wrote a book called Who is an Unusual Guy? Because he's yes. also mo- pushing the church into right. yes. uh, helping the poor and oh, working yes. on environmental yes. stuff. His book was called The Purpose Driven Life. Yeah. Yeah. And he sold like 30 million copies wow. to, to his yeah. readers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah you should. Yeah, you should. It's an, an did you read it, Sue? I did. And I watch him when he's on TV or he's being interviewed because I think he carries something very interesting. He's evangelical with it. Yeah. So I have to, just like I have to kind of ignore Translate. that the Bible says a lot of he's. Yeah. Right. So I have to, you know, trans- yeah. put that aside. But I think he comes up with some very interesting ideas. I think he's, in his own way, really serving humanity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that becomes the question. So if I'm serving God, 
That's different than my thoughts of serving humanity. That's my own projection. That's my own, what I think, and who, who knows if I'm right or not. I don't oh, wait, know. you could say serving humanity is creating a master race. I mean, yes. what do you... Well, it's, uh, it's, So I don't see right. why I would put right. serving God in and a different category than serving humanity right. in that because, regard. Because it's a different relationship as far as I'm concerned. Serving, and it's not the God of the Wizard of Oz. It's whatever this unknown, unknowable force uh, what you call it, life unfolding, whatever. To me, that's where the um, that's where the misunderstanding comes. Because if people think that God is driving the bus, that's a whole different story than me coming to serve God in a way that's both following some stuff that's written down and not following some stuff that's written down. Good. So I say we see what the sages have to say about this because seriously, um, yeah, that was good. Uh, if you open, look at chapter two of Pirkei Avot. Do I have that? Yeah, you have chapter two if you have the handout that I gave you. We have plenty of additions here. Do you want one, Carol? I just want to say that this, this little book is not organized by chapter and verse. This little book is organized by theme, and it's very interesting. So. Pearl Besser, The Way of the Jewish Mystics. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. It's, got, it's got all these themes in it. Did, oh, oh. I don't have last. So, uh, Blaze, should we... Um, we don't have to do anything. Should we address this now or wait a little whenever later in the you, class? Whenever you're ready. Okay. Not. Anyway, it's just interesting because I'm, I'm looking in here for the chapters and the verses. And there's no chapters and verses. The way of the Jewish mystics. Oh, I have that. And it's interesting to see the. Is there another one of these? Take this one. Are you sure you don't? Yeah, I have it in here. Um, hold on. Let's see what this is. Oh, this is in Pirkei Avot. Oh, it isn't. No, it's a collection, an anthology. Right. Okay. So she, uh, it's an anthology of Jewish Jewish teachings that she organized by theme. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's just interesting. It, it looks great. And That's all you need to know. So, chapter <laughs> chapter two. I have it. I have yes. chapter this. two. Chapter two. two. Looks like one? eleven. Good. Oh, it's back. I have it. Which one? Are we? The first. Give it to me. Right here. If you can find chapter two. Yeah. Okay. To what? One? Chapter two, number one. So first of all, this chapter is organized again in a, a coherent way. When you know who the players are, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi is the one who the lineage has come to, um, uh, and he's the one who edited this book. That's Rabbi. Mm -hmm. And then we get to his son in number two. And then we go on to more Hillel, and then we get to Yochanan ben Zakkai, another framer of the rabbinic tradition. But we're not going to focus on the literary structure too much right now. Rabbi, Rabbi Omer, What is the path of virtue that a person should follow? Yeshara, Yashar, you know, upright. Um, Kol shehi tiferet lo sehu v'tiferet lo min hadam. 
whichever brings honor to his maker and brings him honor from his fellow human beings. Um, uh, that's the first one. So th this is, uh, there, uh, th that's the whole statement. Um, honor is the word tiferet, also glory tiferet, um, splendor. So uh, any other translations you want to read? Boy, this is so different. Did you just read the, you just read the first, first line? Yeah. Chapter two. Oh, yeah. I, I have oh, you have Rami's. Yeah, Rami's is, what did Rami say? What is the right path for a person to follow? One that honors both self and other. Good. Because yeah. he, he doesn't like God talk. Right. That's fine. Which is the right course that a person should choose? That which is an honor to him who does it and which also brings him honor from mankind. Oh, I see. So, the one, Osehu is either the one who made him or the one who does it. So, it's completely unclear in the Hebrew. This is Loseha. It's Loseha. Loseha. Oh, I have Loseha in this edition. So. I've got two different If it's Oseha, then it's referring to derech, which is a feminine word. But it doesn't so have, it doesn't anyone who brings glory to the to to the to, who brings glory to Oseha, the one who pursues that path, meaning that person, and from other people, or Osehu also could mean the one who made him. So if it's Oseha, or boy, we've got a beauty but, there, don't we? Yes. But it doesn't have to. Might say Oseha. Okay. Hang on, I've got a third one somewhere. Oh. Rabbi Sachs didn't put the dagesh in Oseha, so it's not referring to death. Oh, then what? I don't know what it's referring to. This one speaks to what oh. Susan was talking about. Uh, let Pauline's going to read one. It says, "The right path, as it as it is in many other cultures, the image of a path or way is frequently encountered in Jewish Project, thought. Oh. The entire system of law is called halacha. God says to Abraham, walk before me with integrity." The call to righteous action is here, is put in terms of the right path. You may adopt a course of action you think right, and that you would think right were others to do the same, yet others might not approve of your course. And the other way around, others may honor you for what you do, yet you yourself may think it wrong. What to do? Take the path that brings you honor, which you too think is honorable. Okay. Now, remember, this is an aphorism, so... Whose phone is that? That was mine, sorry. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> that was in New Zealand, Susan. <laughs> the phone's ringing New Zealand. New Zealand, Polly. Now, uh, let's just leave that for now. Let that sit, okay? I want to go on. Next point that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi wants to make. 
הווי זהיר במצווה קלה כבחמורה, שאין אתה יודע מתן שכרן של מצוות. Be as attentive to a minor mitzvah as to a major one, for you do not know the reward for each of the mitzvot. Now let's put that into more contemporary English, because when the rabbis talk about a reward for your mitzvah, they're not necessarily talking about a um, uh, uh, a heavenly, a heavenly like good real estate. Right, right, because elsewhere, we're not going to get to it today, it says, what is the reward for a mitzvah? The opportunity to do another mitzvah. What is the penalty? Mitzvah, gorerek mitzvah. One mitzvah uh, draws the next one. So the, so the point here, I don't think it isn't that, oh, I did a big mitzvah, so I'm getting a big jackpot. For me, this is about... Be attentive, Zahir, to everything you're doing, for you have no idea whether of its, gra- uh, uh, of its consequences, yeah. right? The cashier that you smile at, mm-hmm. eh, you know, as opposed to the, uh, this, this, I don't know, what would be a major mitzvah, that, you know? Rescuing or helping someone in an accident. Yeah, yeah, saving a life. Yeah. Um, you don't know. Smiling at somebody could. Like, is you that don't go out and have an accident. You don't know. No. Be as attentive to a minor mitzvah as to a major one, for you do not know the re- reward hmm. of each of the mitzvot, the hmm. outcome, the consequence. Yeah. I like that one yeah. myself. I think Rami really, he says... What does Rami not, say? Nice and loud, Ruth. Be attentive in all you do. Do not judge one deed small and another great. But this is a good line, for you cannot always know their significance. I love that because all of us have stories about the person who helped us in some way that they would never remember. Yeah. Yeah. I still think of the council that saved my first summer at summer camp just by being nice to me. Yeah. I still remember that. Mm -hmm. He won't remember it. Hopefully, he's still alive. Mm -hmm. The next one that Ravi says. הווי מחשב הפסד מצווה כנגד שכרה, ושכר אווירה כנגד הפסדה. Okay, I haven't thought too much about this one. Weigh the loss incurred in performing a mitzvah against the gain, and conversely, weigh the gain of an avera against the loss. Oh, okay. Um, an avera is a transgression. That's what it literally means. What did Rami say about that? I think he nailed it. Be virtuous, even if virtue is costly. Avoid sin, even if sin is profitable. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely put. Did you hear that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And finally he says, Histakel, Ponder, gaze upon, keep in focus, three things, and you will avoid transgression. First of all, da ma lemala mimach. Know what is above you. Or keep in mind, da. Ayin roa, an eye that sees, ozen shoma'at, an ear that hears, 
and a book in which all your deeds are recorded. Okay, so I personally... Yes, um, Well, there's a couple of thoughts that I have. One, one, uh, yeah, you could say as if, I mean, what is our conscience? What is the observing part of us that knows when we're doing something wrong? That's the, for me, that's the eye that sees and the ear that hears, and the... And our damn memory that never lets us forget. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, so on the one hand, I internalize this, because it's true. Um, if we have a well-developed conscience, or God forbid, an overdeveloped conscience, right? You know, a superego, but the conscience is a much nicer word than superego. Um, that's the observer watching us it's the witness who has who has a but it's it's not an unbiased witness it's a no, witness but it talks it talks to me yeah so isn't isn't da reversed aid <laughs> da which means no oh i never thought of that isn't that nice so ed is witness in the shema and da is it's the same letters. Da means no. Uh, so oh, to play with that, you know that it's common to put over many a synagogue ark. Da lifne mi ata omed. Know before whom you stand. And then you're also an ed, also a witness. So self-awareness and a sense of witnessing your actions and a sense of moral conscience. Um, if you ponder that, It'll keep you from committing an avera. What does Rami say? Um, you can read. It's really the last line I think that he really gets, which is "Act with attention, for all your deeds have consequence." Mm. <clears throat> Act with attention, for all your deeds have consequence. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we don't know what those consequences are when we think we're doing something that is a mitzvah. It, it may have consequences and turn out not to. We actually never know. We, we never know. Never know. No, that's no. my yeah. interesting but ongoing process. I, I want to say something. I'm sorry. Go ahead, you pull in no, then me. Just the idea of that's where kavana comes in, because I think when you attach kavana and intention to something. Even the mundane things, it, 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 it truly directs your attention in a certain way. So even if before I eat, I say a hamotzi. And I'm directing that attention into this act which would become ritually unconscious for me otherwise. You know, it creates a space. I don't know what difference it makes in the world. I know it makes a difference in me when I say Baruchat Adonai, and therefore I'm hoping maybe it makes some difference somewhere else. I don't know. Uh, in addition to what our conscience is aware of, there's the parts of us that are always unconscious in our behavior. And I would, I would like to think that the goal is to become as conscious as possible because without becoming grandiose, which is the danger of all of this, always the danger, um, I, I feel like even my unconscious betrayals and mistreatment of other people and um, are recorded 
cellularly, in the energy, in the... Do, do you follow what I'm saying? They have consequences. They have consequences and they linger, yeah. is yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they can't be taken back. Mm -hmm. They can't be taken... No, and they linger to create the next thing. Exactly. One trans... Mitzvah, gorer mitzvah. One mitzvah draws forth the next. Avera, goreret avera. And one transgression draws the next transgression. So again, the, the trick is to, on the one hand, say, know when it's important to say, it's okay, honey, it didn't matter. You know, so you, the person can move on. On the other hand, it's this really important goal to... Um, uh, for me to become as conscious as I can of my attitudes, awareness, energy, so that not in a forced or 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 um, cup done kind of way. What's cup done? It's uh, uh hmm. Cup done is 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 someone who's like a a just wicked disciplinarian. You know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. When it gets grandiose, then you become a psychotic, or where you think that every action you're your um, committing has cosmic consequences. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? But nonetheless, for me, I actually think that this is how the universe works, that, that our unconscious actions do have consequences, and the goal is to know an eye that sees, an ear that hears. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I, I think what's interesting for me is the realization, it's been very powerful for me, the realization that at the same time, what I said before too, we never know the long-term consequences of anything we do. That's true. Ever. Never but we still anything. have to act as much as possible with the kavana of loving kindness, basically, and equity in the world. That that's what we're asked to do. And right. you know, that's our mission here. But it's very important to have that humbling knowledge that at the same time I don't know what anything leads to. It's not, not really. It's not, my, it's not in my control. Because that's the place where it gets crazy. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's also another way of understanding Rabbi Akiva's teaching later on here, which is that everything is preordained, yet freedom of choice is granted. Yeah, in other words, yeah. no, we don't know the consequences. No. It's completely out of our hands. And yet, freedom of choice is granted in order to practice. act as if practice, yeah. It's like humility plays a big role here for me. Um, and um, it's, it's interesting. Who am I becoming? Who do I? It's, it's always a question to me of who am I becoming? And, and it, the answer's different, you know? I have the challenge of forgiving myself constantly mm -hmm. for not living up to my highest conscience and because uh, um, yeah. uh, I know I know I'm I know I'm yet another person who in certain ways is causing countless little nicks and cuts in places you know not and uh, anyway I think one of the challenges is that you can become too talk conscious. a little louder Barbara I think one of the challenges is that you can become too conscious you become too aware of being aware of every moment, right. every too self-conscious, too self-conscious, and you get bound up. Sometimes right. you can not be able to make decisions. That's Sometimes right. Sometimes you become too tight in your piousness. That's and right. 
there has to be a counterbalance right. for that. There's mm -hmm. got to be a way to cut mm -hmm. loose. Yeah. And I think one of the ways is the way in which one observes Shabbos, is to let go. Shabbos. And the way in one meditates mm -hmm. to, to honor the formless as well as the form. Mm -hmm. Nicely put. Mm -hmm. Nicely cool. put. Thank you. Did you want to say anything else about that? No. That was very good. Nice. Thank you. Thanks, Barbara. There, there's also, and this is so hard, mm. this is so hard to describe, but the path takes one, this place of having, it's where I was going before, the, the, the self, the voices, the ones that say, am I doing this well enough? Have I done this you know, seriously enough? Should I do this? What about that? That's all part of what actually is still pieces of self, of ego yeah. in there, of little self, in many right. ways. Whatever the intention of it, it's still that. And part of the path is actually having that become less and less prominent. So yeah. that one simply acts without having to think about it. And I don't know, I don't know. For how the to sake say. of heaven, where you're, you're giving it away. You just do it. You're just giving it away, and then at the end of the day, you say, and anyway, I did transgress, God forgive me, right. let me have a good night's sleep, <laughs> and off I'll go again the next morning. And I may have feeling, but the feeling isn't running the show in order to compensate or get something else to happen so that I don't have to have that feeling. It's almost like the emotion maybe goes away when I make that choice and decision. And, and, I, and as I say, I'm really thinking about the part that comments all the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and yes, the feeling also, yeah. it becomes just smooth. Right, it's just very a, spontaneous without, yeah. but to get to that place is years and years and years Practice, 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 yes, practice. Absolutely. Practice. And, and then you can just play your instrument. Yeah. And it's not describable unless one has begun to have some of that experience. Yeah, and that, that's part of also what I mean in saying that people often don't even know what, you know, we don't know what we don't know, any of us. So to begin that opening up of that dialogue is difficult because sometimes people don't even, they don't know that they don't even know, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No commonality. So it, Carol it, just needs to teach everyone to practice breathing. Practice, right. practice, right. practice. <laughs> right. We don't really harm anybody once we're doing that. One of the questions um, that I can ask myself if I remember to before I take a certain action that I may have had to think about for a while is for whose benefit or convenience am I doing this? Well, nice question. Because sometimes things appear to be for other people's benefit, but it's really my own. Really mine. And uh, it's, not a, it's a simple question. It's not always so easy to answer. And it's okay if it's for yours, as long as you know the answer. Mm. Right, as long as you're yeah. conscious. And not pretending it's yeah. for somebody. But you don't know the answer, because you don't know how. Again, you yeah. don't know how things are going to well, affect other people. So, so I have to have, I have to have a, a, I don't know whether it's just trust or faith or confidence or whatever, to move ahead with what feels good or right to me um, for the sake of heaven. But I don't really know if it's for the sake of heaven. I can really want it to be. It's all mixed up. So, but they, that's, that's, what I, that's one of the things that's like, 
playing with my brain here and I, I'm breaking this down in this particular way yeah. feels very confusing and muddled to me because I don't, I don't think these things are so separate. Mm -hmm. Good. And I understand that I have to talk about each one, mm -hmm. but if I lose track that they're, mm -hmm. I'm just talking about behavior. I'm just talking, talking about, you know, these things you're talking about, these different behaviors. All these different, all these considerations about if I do this, I do this, and then this. I, it's, it's a little nitpicky for my brain. Right, and that's, that's the problem with aphorisms. I guess, I think of it as a prayer, we might say, this is what occurred to me, before we act, let this be for the greatest yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. God help me. Yeah. And, uh -huh. Dive right in. Yeah. I, I, I also found... Is that helpful, Carol? I think so. Yeah. That for me, since we, <clears throat> we have consensus that none of us know what this greater good is, um, <laughs> for sure, anyway, that, um, that when I do an action and it feels like my insides and my outsides match, uh -huh. That it's oh, you have the same ring as New Zealand. Oh, Are you yeah, two calling each picture. other? Who that? That sorry, was Susan sorry, Rosen sorry. here. <laughs> That's it, funny. Is this a new way that of is such the a piano. No, it's just what I... You, you can go, go. Sorry. It's all right. No, I'm just saying that when, when, when my being is in consonance, my, my, my inside, my outside feel like I can breathe with that one, yes. without hesitation, yes. it tells me I'm in a place right. that's good for the moment, right. for that particular moment that just I think passed. that's right. right. Yeah. For, me, for me, it's when there's no tension through here. Mm. Mm. Just checking into your body. It's just, just relaxation. Oh. Oh. There really are. That, that, that's a way of um, identifying the 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 ears that hear and the eyes that see, mm -hmm. the, the, the way my body mm. talks to me and lets me know, but I, I have to pay attention. Check in. Ah, but, uh, but there's also the places where I'm terrified. Yeah. And then doing the right, doing the right thing is a place of incredible discomfort in my body. Exactly. That's true. Yes. And uh, so yes. I, I can't yeah. tell you the number of times <laughs> I've sat with somebody with like my armpits just dripping down my sides, holding my ground, because you know I'm, if, if, if the my fear of confrontation would the comfort zone would be saying you're right and leaving the room mm -hmm. right? right so uh, it's not right. just it's in not my body just it's not. That. You're right. Right. absolutely there's no it's simple, both of those circumstances no and still there's some yeah. equanimity or some something in there this well it's all a, we were saying. yeah well it's all a draft you know yeah. it's like i know i've been terrified of mm -hmm. this sort of activity and it's kept me smaller my whole life yeah. i'm going to work lean into it i'm going to not shrink does that mean I'm doing the right thing? In the long run, I figure I'm doing God's work by um, becoming, by not being, by not being um, beholden to my terror. To that, to the yeah, right. stepping into the sea. Yeah, yeah just stepping step into, into the, the sea. sea. Mm. And that is it seems to me that in Linda? 
that in that context, it's also saying in terms of the minor, so-called minor and major mitzvah, because the word it uses actually for an easy one and a difficult one. And mm. we so often think... All right, the uh, Hebrew is easy we and difficult. That may have been consequences that are you know, even really good consequences and someone says, oh, that really made a difference and we say, it's nothing. And I, I think it's also addressing that, that um, that actually we often, we make changes by the smallest yeah. steps and and then we devalue those steps and say, oh, well, that was easy, so... It can't have been important. We discount it. What you say that, is that really to do something yeah. good yeah. ought to be really huge yeah. and difficult yeah. and major. Yeah. Um, I think what you're saying is very important. And if we important. value it when we do it ourselves, then we can't value it in someone else. You know, their first tiny, the first tiny steps that any of us make. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yes, no, that's for it. sure. We're all in agreement. We're all nodding and there's a book called Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N. Kaizen. Kaizen, which is about um, the Japanese art of um, taking very small steps, the value of taking very small really? steps. Really? Yeah, yeah. K-A-I-Z-E-N. Can't hear that. Baby steps. Oh, 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 would you say it again, Blaze, please? Yeah, there's a book called Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N, which is all about the value of taking very small steps to make changes. Absolutely. What do you want to say, Linda? Oh, well, that's, that's what Zahir is about, that incredibly finely spun. Right, the Hebrew is Zahir means extremely careful uh, and uh, it's interesting that Zohar and Zahar which is to be radiant and Zahir which is to mean and Zahir means to be careful so and Kala mitzvah Kala means a light or easy or simple mitzvah Chamura means severe or difficult or, or dense. 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 Yes, dense. That's another good word for chumra. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, mm. Uh, so you know, one of the things I hear us doing, which is, I don't think it's possible to come to a verbal kind of consensus, even like uh, um, um, resting point on, is we're circling around how we know it's the right thing to do. Um, and uh, it can't only be internally. Um, I need I need other people, and I need a tradition to help me with that because my body and my um, my uh, um, mercurial consciousness can't be the only guide. Uh, it's almost impossible unless we have a community of seekers along with an inherited. Wisdom just to sort of keep us aimed in the right direction, then which may be the most can we be. can, the, the maybe is a good, a great thing to hope for. Yeah. And that's where the study comes in, because if you don't have that study, if you don't seep yourself in it, you don't have a compass. How could you have a compass? 
You have to listen for the olive. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. that's really true. Because isn't a lot of it what we've been taught? Well, yes. So that's what I'm saying. So it's if, multivalent. So mm-hmm. if we're sitting around a table and it's not mm-hmm. us, it's a bunch of other people who were taught that black people were terrible and mm-hmm. never to be talked to and, you mm-hmm. know, or, or whatever, but segregated. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they don't kill them, but segregated. And they actually, that's what they were taught. And their bodies are more comfortable in that situation. Right. Yes. Like, this is why they so So it's the, it's the wrestling, it's the actually, if it's uncomfortable, that's a real sign to me Maybe. that there's God wrestling going on. Interesting. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I think, sometimes I don't know whether the action was the right action until after I've done it. Long after. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be long after. It can be right away. Sometimes, no, because sometimes. I'll think that what I'm doing is the right thing to do, and after I've done it, I go, oh, my God, where, you know, it was completely wrong. And other times, I'll wrestle, I'll wrestle, I'll do this, I'll do that. But sometimes the answer just, like, comes to me, and I do it, and it's the right thing. And so it's really interesting that sometimes mm-hmm. you just don't know until after. Like, my body will get all horrible and I'll get all anxious if it's the wrong thing, but not until I've done it. Yeah, so I think to me this is like the gift of our tradition, what you're talking about. Because we're given a tradition, and that's unusual, that makes this different. That we're given a tradition where if we're given it the right way, we are taught from the very beginning it's all about wrestling. It's all about being dysfunctional and climbing back out of the pit. No, it is. You're right. It's about being living in this world and then questioning, what did I do? Why did I do it? You know, where did this lead me? Why does it feel wrong? Why did I end up in this place? This is critical thinking. This is a tradition that allows for it. When often with many other people in this world today and becoming more and more so, their both tradition and education is given in such a way as there's not this constant wrestling going on, analyzing critical thinking. They're given a set of dogma. This is it, black and white. Or they're given a set of teachings from a parent saying, you know, black is an inferior race. This is it. The Bible tells you this. This is what the Bible tells you. And it's really so, radically crazy ra- that in this culture, if you learn and grow, or it's been that way, um, I think it's still that way, that if you learn and grow, it's called flip-flopping. You know, oh. wishy-washy. <laughs> Instead of, oh, that's a sign of great intelligence, that flexibility is great intelligence, that, you know, instead of being respected, although it's very happy that... Last week, are you still going? No, no. Oh, okay. Last week, a judge just a judge said sometimes a judge makes a mistake, and he rescinded his ruling and changed it, and lowered a a jail sentence by seventy five percent. Or that prosecutor in Georgia, Mm -hmm. who put Georgia or Alabama, Mississippi, who put a guy in jail um, because he was convinced he was guilty, but he didn't go far enough in investigating and disclosing information to the guy's inadequate attorney. And he said, for years, I, it wasn't me. I wasn't there. It was, I didn't do it. 
and he realized as he got older that he had been youthfully arrogant arrogant and extreme and he wrote a letter to the whoever was in charge of letting the guy out we, we were wrong we should never have, have prosecuted him because we had we should have realized we had it there was enough doubt not to prosecute him and he had and he apologized to the guy who was as magnanimous as one could be after spending 35 years in jail. But they gave him $12 when he left. What's the thing? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, hey, uh, Linda and Joellen, it started pouring here right now. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, we need that. We so need rain much. here, so it's good. It's going to get cooler. It's going to cool off and be clear and brisk the next few days. Nice. Um, I want to say something uh, related to what Pauline was saying. Um, which is that uh, I, I like what you said about the Jewish tradition being a, a understanding the flawed human nature and the need to continually work on ourselves and to develop our critical thinking and our self-awareness. You know, the rabbis talk about it in terms of the Yetzer Hara and the Yetzer Atov, that we're a mixed bag. And the other thing that our tradition then enshrines is Teshuvah, right? The assumption that we're going to fall short. <laughs> and the mechanism to clean the slate and keep going. I like that a lot. It's in the liturgy, every night when we go to bed, our bedtime Shema is made for that. So there's this assumption that we're, we're, we're not perfectible and we're always a work in process. This is very pop culture, but David Letterman, who's leaving... He seems like um, such an interesting man. His people yes. who work for him love him. He was caught having sex with various people that worked for him mm -hmm. uh, while he was so married. He went on television, he copped to it, he yes. apologized yeah, yeah. for it, mm -hmm. he apologized to his wife, he did what... End of story. Bill Clinton, mm -hmm. whom I really like, never really copped to it. And I think it's a huge... I, I, I'm just thinking about the, those two things and telling the truth. So the consequences for each man telling the truth are very different. They're I, not the same thing. I understand. Yeah. I, I, listen, this is my projection. I don't know what I would have done if I were Bill Clinton. But I just, because they were caught for the same thing. So, you know, it, it was interesting to me. L let's look at another one. Uh, just for fun, look at number three. This is really a great one. Now, the word Zahir is used again. Be very wary of the authorities. They do not befriend anyone unless it serves their own needs. They appear as friend when it is to their advantage, but do not stand by a person in his hour of need. I love that one. Where did that come from, huh? He's talking about the powers. I get it. Right? That's why so many Jewish people are radicals. Maybe. I mean, you could put this in historical context and uh, know when Rabban Gamliel was alive, the son of Yehuda Hanasi. Uh, this was in the third century, and the Roman Empire uh, was in charge of the province of Palestine. So uh, we know that Yehuda Hanasi, his father, lived in Tsipori, where my brother lives now, which was this city where he mingled with the Roman authorities and prefects and with uh, early Christians and Jews and pagans. And he knew the ropes. 
Robin Gum. So, but I just wanted to share that one with you because <laughs> I think it's true. It is. Um, mm. Now, but now let's look at Hillel number five. Oh, you could say anything you want. I was struck because I'm so caught up in this alone. When I read that one, I thought, right, the people who want me to do marketing. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I think about that all the time. Those authorities of marketing. Exactly. The commercial culture that we live in. I think one is also a self-reflective one. I mean. Oh, sorry. What are you saying, Joellen? When when we, who are we? If we are, say, the powerful, say. Well, Rashut here means the... Who are we choosing to be our friends? And who are we not choosing to be our friends? And and, and why? Maybe sometimes our friends are people that can teach us. And maybe we choose not to be friends with people who can't teach us. Because we're the ones in power. I think it's a thing that we have to... I mean, I think I have to look at that one in myself, as you know, to say. Mm -hmm. Am I sometimes just... Well, let me people who I can gain from. Let me riff on that for a second. So if one of these things is that don't underestimate any action or moment or person, you know, later and says, do not underestimate any person, for there is no person who does not have his moment and nothing that doesn't have its place in the sun. That's a later one that uh, is on chapter four. Mm -hmm. So if the nature of gaining rashut, which means authority, means that power corrupts because you get wedded to your authority. Oh, wow, now it's really pouring here. Oh, it's so nice. Um, so rashut, that rashut, um, that inevitably you want to preserve your power. That's the nature of human, that's, that's human nature. So we've got to be wary of that. Yes. And our own power. That's what I'm saying. In ourselves. In anywhere you meet it, because it is it is what's going to corrupt us and make people into make people into objects of our um, goals and plans rather than uh, invaluable uh, um, people in their own right. Oh boy. Talk a little louder, Barbara. You're starting to feel good. (laughs) I heard you say something during uh, the high holiday services that is very short, but I think very, very important and profound for people to hear. And that is, everybody's voice is important, but everybody's opinion, everybody's perspective is important. And it may seem like a small thing, but I think it's one of those things that's very profound and related to what you're saying. Thank you. I think it has a big impact on people. Thank you. Let's look at Hillel, number five. Oh, go ahead, Polly. How's it start? I don't know. Hillel Omer, Yeah, that one. It's counted differently in there? Yeah. Okay. It's Hillel Omer. And these are five Hillel aphorisms. And again, they all start with ve'al something. Don't do this, don't do that. Because this seems to be the nature of Hillel's aphorisms. Right. If you so, it in the ne- negative. No, no. It's not the negative. It's no, the it's not the negative. What I was going to say is he puts it in the um, in the proverbial form. It's like, 
don't, there's a sync, there's a uh, rhythm to it. So it's not do unto others, it's do not, right? Isn't oh, it? when he's answering that question. Yes. But that's situational, because the guy's asked him to teach him the Torah while standing on one foot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and he, he says, says do not. don't do unto others what you wouldn't want done to yourself. Uh, I see. It's very I see. much in the context of that story. So, altifrosh min hatzibur. Do not withdraw from the community. Let's hear other translations. What verse are you on? Uh, Hillel it's number five, but it might be 4B in your edition. I'm not sure. Yes. I normally use the word separate for Tifrosh. also means separate. Do not separate yourself from the community. Do not abandon the community. Do not abandon community. Do not abandon community. This says, herein and expressed in clear terms, the need each individual has for community. No one should feel so self-assured and egocentric mm-hmm. that it is possible to live alone, apart from society. Do not separate yourself from the community in the assumption you are above the mediocre crowd. <laughs> yes, well, listen to the rest, and you'll see why that's a very good rendering. That's good. That's right. This is the Jewish thing. Don't be so sure of yourself. Al ta'amein ba'atzmecha ad yom motach. Do not be sure of yourself until the day of you, until your last day, your dying day. Then you can be sure. <laughs> That's right. I knew there was something That's right. to look forward to in there. That's right, Pauline. On your dying day, you I'm say, I, 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 I am right. I am right. <laughs> you can finally say, this is it. That's I, right. I waited. That's right. That's I knew right. I was right. Pauline, I waited my whole life for this. I knew I was right. Put that on. See, I told you I was sick. (laughs) (laughs) For all the hypochondriacs. I love this. (laughs) It's so interesting. It's not, it just doesn't say, oh, be sure of yourself. Oh, be sure of yourself. I'm totally dying there. How did Rami translate that one? (laughs) Do not deceive yourself, even unto the day you die. Do not deceive yourself even until the day you die. It's just trust not in thyself until the day of thy death. Well, that's literal. Okay. Trust not in thyself until the day of your death. But uh, you'll see there's a theme here, which is that it's calling for humility. Uh, that you are not, you're not God. You can't be the moral arbiter of everything and think that your view is always going to be right. You're a flawed uh, and incomplete uh, uh, piece of creation. And this, this one, my Maimonides... Um, I shouldn't say incomplete, in process. Yeah. In process, yeah. So Rambam says, even when a virtue is second nature to you, do not be overconfident and say, it could never leave me. Yeah. There is always the possibility that it will. Therefore, never neglect an opportunity to do good and thus to strengthen yourself in that habit. That's very Rambam. That is very Rambam. Nice, nice. And the third one. The Altadin et Chavercha ad Shetagia lim komo. Hillel said this do not judge your fellow human being until you stand in his situation. 
So that, I mean, we've heard that one. So you walk a mile in his moccasins and... On his shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy. I love how Hillel, there's like almost nothing to say about it. His, some of these statements. Like, that man oh. writes really, yeah. truly. I love that too. Yeah. Um, What's that joke about uh, uh, yeah. walking in walk someone else's away. shoes? I thought he won't have his shoes. <laughs> right. Uh, when you walk away, wait till you're a mile away, then he can't chase you because he doesn't have his shoes or whatever. Yeah. Right. Okay, and then, the Altomar, this one's a little harder to translate. The Altomar, davar she'if sharlishmoa, se'shosoli shamea. And do not say, it's not possible to understand this. In the end, it will be understood. So full. Well, I want to hear what other people have on that one. Say nothing that cannot be understood, supposing that in the end it will be understood. Oh, that's very different. Yeah. Rabbi Sachs pretty much says the same thing. Don't say anything that cannot be understood, and he puts in brackets at once, in the hope that it will eventually be understood. Al-Tomar Devarshi of Charlie Shmoa. So that's a much, I, that's, I, that seems like a more direct translation. Don't say something that's hard to understand uh, in the hope that it will ultimately be understood. Yeah. Or it could work either way. What, what, what did Rami say? <clears throat> Communication is perception. That's not from Rami, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Rami goes a little further. He says, Communication is perception. Rami says, do not gossip or whisper slander, for in the end it will be heard. Hmm. Wow. He just oh, he's, he's, he's working, he's playing on shamua, uh, lishmoa, but a shamua is a rumor. So he's doing, a, I think he's doing a bit of a wordplay there. Mine says, do not abandon the new simply because it is new, which is a strange translation. Hmm. But this one is. says, do not say that an alternative rendering is do not say something that should never be heard for in the end it will be heard about and they say this is you know about as trying telling a secret and expecting it to remain secret yeah um i want to hear i want to hear what the one susan has is because i think he's based on the translation of the first one I think I'm in the right paragraph. One who feels intellectually superior to others is likely to not only separate from them, but to underestimate their capabilities. But do not say of a thing that it cannot possibly be understood, for ultimately it will be understood. Do not think your views are beyond the intellectual reach of the general community, such that you recoil from even proposing them. And therefore, and thereby doom the community to stagnation. Rather, you should assume a positive stance toward the community and see them as being capable of understanding and commitment. Now, he's drawing that from the life of Hillel, who all the stories are about how he never underestimated a person, always found a way to talk to them. So I like what he's doing there, yeah. taking the, all of Hillel's character and he's putting it into... also putting it into what the three, the thing was before, don't separate yourself from the community. Don't separate yourself from the community, don't... Don't judge uh, the community. Don't, mm-hmm. Yeah. Carol? Uh, it just reminded me of when, when my ex-husband, who went from being a dancer to being a chiropractor... <laughs> I know, no, that's what, I know other people have done that. Had to go back to college because he had no science. Mm-hmm. You know, and he had to take all those pre-med sciences. 
He was really scared about it. And he found an old physics book, like from, from maybe not quite the turn of the century, but early 20th century, in a, in a garbage pile. He just, you know, picked it up. And the and all the physics, of course, was long gone and disproved. And, but the introduction was by this evidently famous physicist who said, listen, all those teachers, this stuff is not difficult. All those teachers are going to want you to think that it's difficult because it makes them look smarter. <laughs> oh. but, but you just follow it step by step and you'll be fine and he carried that book around with him mm. all during, all during his, his pre-med uh, mm -hmm. um, that, and, and that that to me is I, that's, what, that's what I'm hearing here at the same time I'm also if I say to myself I don't understand this. I, I don't, I don't want to. I, I, That's not for me. I am losing the opportunity that I ultimately will understand it, and and I and I know by oh, by right. proof of my life that I don't always understand everything right away. And I want. I so if I really give myself time and I let it just be where it is, I don't have to understand it. Don't say it's impossible to understand exactly. this and throw your hands up exactly. and then yeah, never, exactly. never allow it to start to seep into you. Yeah. Oh, thank That's you. exactly what this book in front of me, the one that I have says. Yes. Yeah. that whoever with his humility and patience advises, do not give up hope of finding mm. good sense and reason <laughs> in the elements of, uh, they say Torah, reason and understanding are not something fixed and clear cut for all time. Mm. What we find perplexing and bewildering at one stage of our lives may appear lucidly clear yes. at a later time. Although we've That's learned so nothing new about it in the meantime. <laughs> it just got clearer. Yes. Too easily or too early. Too Keep studying and probing, eventually it will be understood. Isn't that interesting? I love it. I love it. Thank you. And you know, that's part of Hillel's story too, because he was in the Hillel, uh, uh, um, we don't know his actual biography, we just know the, what's it called? The apocryphal, when they... Apocrypha. Apocryphal story. Apocrypha. The legends. The legends of his, um, which is that he was an impoverished kid, boy from Babylon, you know, because it's called Hillel Habavli who came to Jerusalem to study. And in the original stories, they, they wonder that he's, he's up on the skylight of the mm -hmm. academy because he couldn't, didn't have any money. And he's peering in the skylight and it starts to snow. Mm -hmm. And they wonder why there's no light coming in. And they see this kid and he's fro freezing up on the roof. That's, that's a Hillel story. Wow. And uh, it's also an origin. Now, the fact that that Akiva's origin story is similar in that he was an illiterate shepherd mm -hmm. who at the age of 40 went and sat in the cheder mm -hmm. to learn the Aleph Bet. Mm -hmm. And he said, they said, what are you doing here? And he said, well, you know, there's a stone by the spring where I uh, get my water. And over the years, the dripping of the water has worn out a groove in the stone. 
And if the water can do that then it's to a stone, then my brain can learn the alphabet. Uh, so there's this really beautiful, very Jewish thing going on there, isn't it? Oh, that's nice. Oh, don't say it's impossible to understand this. Wait. There's also a re-understanding that goes on endlessly. all the time, yeah. endlessly. Right. Yeah. Well, every you time know? we come around, and I think that every that, time we come around to the holidays, every time we come around yeah, to Doris, but I think about everything, I think that we keep seeing things with new pair of glasses on and re-understanding it, and I think that part of it is that not only to say we 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 can't understand it. But to feel whatever understanding we have is a final version, at least not till the day yeah. I die. At least not till the day you die. That's right. There's no, there's no final, there's no final version. Don't uh, either of saying I can never understand this or I know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. So is it important to understand everything, or are we talking about? you know, good texts like this that we should understand. We're talking about the process of learning. So, like, every time a plumber or somebody like that <laughs> comes to my house, an electrician, inevitably, it's it's a he, he's explaining it to me. Exactly. <laughs> he, always, like, he needs to tell me exactly what it is. And I have no idea. <laughs> okay. In that case, stuff. the rabbis say, just nod and smile. I do! No. I did you hear what I said? Is it important yeah. in my life that I should understand the way the well, sink you works? You never know. If you're, it you depends know. if you're Everybody driven knows. to know it. He's I've awkward. always, yeah. I've always wanted to understand yeah. that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I always have. I love that stuff. It's okay. Because a lot of times people hold on to knowledge because they can charge you. Get very generous. to tell me exactly. Get generous plumbers and electricians. That's great. That's true. And I'm so appreciative. That's that's it. Yep. 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 Good on you. It's it's almost a here's the last here's the last which now really fits in for me to the whole thrust of these five. Is this number six? No, we're still on the last one of this. Oh, oh, the last. But Al Tomar, do not say Lichshe Epane Eshne. When I have time free, I will study. What if the time never opens up? Here I am. And do it now. That's like, You know, it's sort of how he ends the other one, too. Yes, nice and loud. What about person has no capacity to ask, or no capacity to learn or study. The one who doesn't even know how to ask. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much of an emphasis on learning, but what about people who can't learn intellectually, the same way that maybe we can? Do they, so, but that's is, the is wonderful thing. Born, in, no. like, born is oh, no. hearing the olive, or in learning from for Torah, everybody. something that they, it's not attainable? There's Look, all those... those um, the Hasidic stories. Yes, beautiful yeah. stories. You know, the one who played the flute did not right. pray. Yeah. Um, the, it says elsewhere in the Talmud, whether one does much or one does little, what matters is that one's heart is directed towards heaven. So, uh, the, but I think, I think it's fair to say that, remember, Pirkei Avot, 
is a manual for seekers in this Torah tradition. And the ones who are going to succeed at this particular tradition are the ones who are going to have the intellectual capacity to do it. And I think the rabbis do hierarchalize, you know, between what are called the Am Haaretz, mm -hmm. which mean the unlettered peasants, and themselves. And Akiva is the is sort of the uh, uh, the um, bridge. No, not the bridge, but the example that proves the rule or something. You know, the one who. But it also shows that anyone's capable of doing it right. is what is, is what I mean. So I think the value, the value of this ca capability is is elevated in Judaism. But there are plenty of other sayings right. uh, that validate um, the idea that uh, yeah. it, you know don't look at the container, but look at what it contains. Mm -hmm. the, even an old flask contains new wine and uh, you know there's all kinds of beautiful sayings in here that can, can generalize beyond that so this is one path within judaism i'd say this is the this is the this is the rabbinic path which we have inherited and so the reason judaism values uh um uh literacy learning all of this stuff is because that's that's kind of like I, I like to describe it as you know every that a culture has its own sort of musical theme and plays this chord a lot you know so we have to watch it and stay in balance with the other stuff I think the I think the the denigration not the denigration the the um, kind of like inattention to the body that's so much of the Jewish tradition we've inherited is something that needs correcting so but I think it would be disingenuous to say that there isn't a hierarchy of of values in the tradition we've we've inherited. Um, I think while there is a hierarchy, I think that there has been some movement to try to balance it in terms of. Um, Here, let me give you an example. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Shimon Benazai taught: Do not disdain any person. Do not underrate the importance of anything, for there is no person who does not have his hour, and there is no thing without its place in the sun. Mm -hmm. In other words, mm -hmm. if doing this doesn't teach you humility, mm -hmm. then you're no sage. Mm -hmm. you're Do you know what I mean? So I think that I think the answers are in here as well. And there was one other I wanted to. Teaching um, on about the different species. Oh yes, there's the rabbinic teaching about the, the lulav and etrog, how um, it represents every kind of person: the person with wisdom but no no good deeds, the person with lots of good deeds but no wisdom. The the etrog, which smells good and tastes good, is the person who has a lot of good deeds and a lot of wisdom. The uh, lulav, which is edible but has no fragrance, is the person with a lot of uh, wisdom but no good deeds. And the myrtle, which is fragrant but inedible, is the person with a lot of good deeds but no wisdom. And the willow, which has neither fragrance nor, nor is edible, is the person with no good deeds and not particularly wise. And in order to, um, to make the mitzvah, you have to hold them all together. You know, there's lots of beautiful teachings like that, which all go back to do not separate yourself from the community. So if, you're, if you become an elitist snob, then you missed the boat.
And then there's this... Yes. I'm not understanding the Hebrew in the last in the last one. Is that Hebrew or is that uh, ep, yeah, or is it Aramaic? What's the, the last phrase? Oh, epane comes from comes comes from panui lifnot. Uh, if you're if you're, it means to vacate. So the, it's that crazy word panim, which means your face lifne before. Panui, though, means open or empty. Um, I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest roots in yes. Hebrew. Uh, it means to face, but it also means to be inward. It means empty. It means countenance. It's like, it, yeah, it's, it's acting heaven, that, that word for your countenance. Um, so that's Hebrew. And eshneh is the same word as mishnah. Vishinantam livanecha. You shall teach it to your children. And Mishnah means teaching. Um, uh, and I'll close with a piece of humor here. Um, uh, let me find it here. Uh, <laughs> okay, here. This is just for fun. This is in chapter 5. There are four types among those who study with the sages. The sponge, the funnel, the strainer, and the sifter. <laughs> the sponge absorbs everything. The funnel in one end and out the other. <laughs> the strainer passes the wine and retains the dregs. <laughs> and the sifter removes the chaff but retains the, 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 the growth. Uh, so anyway, I, I like that one a lot. Okay, so we're, we're not going to meet next week. I'll be away, but we're going to meet one more time. They tell Karen to put it in the email because the last email said it, this was the last one. Uh, uh, that's my fault, I think. Okay. So, yes, we'll meet once more on the second. Anybody who didn't vote might want them going to vote.